0: Now, let's be very clear. Just because I call out to uh, Ned Pierce at State Department for not coming out with some evidence, not coming out with pictures, not coming out with videos, not coming out with information that would clearly indicate that a deep fake video was being used or created or being put together by someone in Bollywood or Hollywood or some kind of wood or Bella wood or, or probably China wood. You know, because China does have some of the, the best uh, production houses in, in, in the world, but then so does Russia when it comes to putting out propaganda materials. Uh, unfortunately, the State Department doesn't seem to have their act together on this. They could have come out with some information similar to, let's say, what uh, Benjamin Netanyahu did when, when he showed how Iran was still developing uh, its nuclear program because they actually were able to go in and steal an entire treasure trove of documents and information that, that he showed the public and basically posted online links to digital information that showed exactly what state of preparedness Iran was at when they were, you know, proven to still be violating the nuclear accords that, of course, President Biden is so uh, in need of uh, getting passed because, you know, he needs his kickback. I mean, he needs, uh, he needs that to pass in order to uh, whatever. Who cares, really? We're not talking about Iran. We're talking about uh, what is it? the company Iran owns uh, that's owned by that guy who basically pays for all this fake media that goes out there. Uh, what's that Omidar? Uh eBay. No, no, we're not talking about eBay. We're not, we don't talk about eBay. Uh, anyway, uh, going back to, 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 to Ned Pierce, just because I'm critical of him does not mean that I do not agree that there is tension in Russia and Ukraine. Obviously, Ukraine was for centuries a part of Russia. Uh, Russia actually grew out of the Ukraine, or the Russia we know today. The people of the Rus originally flew out of uh, what were Vikings that were recruited, that came down the Volga River and wound up in Constantinople. They worked for the the, uh, Holy Roman Empire at that time, or what was left of it, uh, under the Emperor Constantine. Uh, they lived down there in that part of the world, and and eventually, when Constantinople fell to the Muslims uh, and became Istanbul, the uh, people of the Rus, uh, these uh, these warriors who who were fighting for Constantine, moved upriver and settled around the area of what is now known as present-day Kiev. And from Kiev, those people branched out, and they eventually settled into what is now known as Moscow and other areas. And eventually that grew into the people of the Rus or the Russians, as we know them today. So there is some huge interlink there between Ukrainians and Russians and Slavic people of of all races, whether they are Serbians or whether they are of other uh, ethnic groups within that region and part of the world. As we well know, that is a complicated region and part of the world. It is a complicated area. The Crimea, Crimea Uh, predated, you know, conflict in the Crimea Crimea predated conflict in, for example, World War I. Um, The Crimean Wars that Britain so wanted to push to, to, you know, uh, liberate some sections of the Crimea and Ukraine and and create a a more friendly to Western Europe part of the world and the British Empire uh, that failed desperately. And in the end, uh, the Brits, failed to gain control over that region and that part of the world. Uh, However, as we know, we're going too deep into that discussion. But as we well know, a lot of things are happening with Ukraine. A lot of things are happening with Russia. Uh, A senator rose in a speech of privilege, a senator that I happen to like, and I would vote for him if uh, I lived in the state of Texas. Uh, His name is Ted Cruz. Senator Cruz had this to say about the situation in Russia while speaking on a point of privilege on the Senate floor
1: earlier. Gathering storm in Europe. I rise today to discuss the brewing crisis posed by Russia's aggression, and tragically, how the reckless actions of President Biden have enabled it. This morning, all 100 senators participated in the classified briefing where we heard from the Secretary of Defense and the Secretary of State and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. We heard about the magnitude of the threat from Russia. We stand here today with Europe facing the greatest peril it has faced since 1945. These are ominous and chilling times. And we did not arrive here by accident. Right now, 150,000 Russian troops are directly on the border of Ukraine, poised to invade, with more troops and more tanks arriving each and every day. It was also reported this week that Russia has sent additional blood supplies to its military equipment on the Ukraine border. Another ominous signal that Russia plans to invade. Ukraine, and indeed the region and the world, find ourselves in this crisis because of President Biden's weakness because of his appeasement, because of his surrender to Putin over the last year. And now, instead of rising to meet this moment with strength and resolve, President Biden continues to shrink from it with more weakness and appeasement. One question that was raised in the briefing this morning is why didn't this happen in 2017? Why didn't it happen in 2018? Why didn't it happen in 2019? Why didn't it happen in 2020? What changed? And Mr. President, what I will suggest what changed. What changed is the occupant of the Oval Office who has demonstrated weakness and appeasement Virtually from the moment he rested his hand upon the Bible. It's a pattern as a result of president Biden's weakness and appeasement. This administration gave Afghanistan to the Taliban and 13 American service members were tragically murdered as a result of president Biden's weakness and appeasement, this administration is ramping up to give a nuclear arsenal to the Ayatollah in Iran. The very same Ayatollah who chants death to Israel and death to America, the Biden administration is preparing to facilitate that Ayatollah having the weapons of mass murder to carry out those pledges. As a result of President Biden's weakness and appeasement, the Biden administration is in the process of ceding Taiwan to Xi. President Biden has even banned any Taiwanese official from displaying a Taiwanese military uniform or displaying a Taiwanese flag on US government property, why? because it offends the communist government in China. And again, right now, today, as a result of President Biden's weakness and appeasement, the Biden administration is in the process of abandoning Ukraine to Vladimir Putin. Putin didn't just wake up one day and decide to invade Ukraine. He has wanted to invade Ukraine for years, and he did so in 2014. But he stopped short of a full invasion then because he couldn't endanger Ukraine's energy infrastructure, which Putin needs to get Russian natural gas to Europe. So Russia formed a consortium to build Nord Stream 2, a pipeline stretching directly from Russia to Germany under the sea, so that Russian gas could circumvent Ukraine altogether. We have long known about the dangers Nord Stream 2 poses. That's why in the last few years, Democrats and Republicans here in the Senate have come together repeatedly and taken bipartisan actions passing sanctions on Nord Stream 2 with overwhelming majorities. I led that effort, drafting the Cruz-Shaheen sanctions. They were supported by every Democrat in this chamber. They passed overwhelmingly and they worked, they succeeded. They stopped the pipeline literally the day they were signed into law. Story of how that happened he is well known to every senator in this chamber. As is the story of how the new president, President Biden, inexplicably and catastrophically decided to squander that hard fought geopolitical victory and turn a victory for America into a loss for America and our allies. Many a Democratic senator standing on this Senate floor has quietly expressed frustration, confusion, anger why the Biden administration would surrender to Russia and give away the victory we had won. It's not only the decision to surrender on Nord Stream 2 and give Putin the pipeline that enables him to invade Ukraine that led to this day. Also, for the past year, President Biden has repeatedly, systematically undermined our Ukrainian allies in the face of Russian aggression. To placate Putin, and it's worth noting, Biden does this For the same reason he undermines Taiwan. He he undermines Taiwan to placate the Chinese communists. He undermines Ukraine to placate Putin. To placate Putin, the Biden administration has repeatedly withheld military aid packages to Ukraine. Other times he has withheld diplomatic support to pressure our Ukrainian allies into supporting his misguided Nord Stream 2 surrender to Putin. Biden's actions in the past year have emboldened Putin who acted on that weakness and has put Europe on the brink of war. So what can we do right now today to promote peace and stop an invasion? Our Ukrainian allies have told us again and again, what we can do and what we should do. All we have to do in the Senate is listen to our friends in Ukraine who are on the front line. Number one, sanction Nord Stream 2 immediately, right now, today. And number two, give the Ukrainians weapons so that they can defend themselves. Just last week, the chairman of Ukraine's parliament wrote a letter to the Senate about exactly this. As president, if you, if you have not read the letter from the Ukrainian parliament, I commend it to you. It's an extraordinary letter from a nation on the brink of annihilation at the hands of Russian aggression. And I'm gonna read parts of that letter right now because it's worth quoting extensively. The chairman of Ukraine's parliament writes, Nord Stream 2 is a source of multi-dimensional security, political and economic threats to Ukraine and Europe as a whole. It is not an exaggeration that Nord Stream 2 is no less an existential threat to Ukraine's security and democracy than the Russian troops on our border. This pipeline must be stopped. And the only way to prevent the completion is to use all the tools available to do that. The letter continues, quote, so far, the decision to waive sanctions against Nord Stream 2 in May of 2021, that was a decision by President Biden, has emboldened Russia and caused Moscow to conclude that the United States may accommodate its hostile intentions. The letter continues. After a clear majority of the U.S. Senate voted 55 to 44 in favor of imposing immediate sanctions on Nord Stream 2 AG on January 13th, 2022, it is essential that congress include immediate sanctions against nord stream 2 ag in any new legislation to undercut options for russia's aggression on uh, aggressive actions on ukraine the letter goes on asking for quote a clear trigger for the instant An unqualified imposition of any sanctions that are not imposed immediately upon enactment of the legislation, arguing that quote, well, some sanctions like sanctions against Nord Stream 2 should be imposed immediately to demonstrate to Moscow that the United States is indeed serious about severe measures, including removing Russia from SWIFT. The trigger for these future sanctions must be clear in order to be effective. The letter continues, quote, a significant escalation in hostilities whose aim or effect of undermining, overthrowing, or dismantling the government of Ukraine, occupying the territory of Ukraine, or interfering with the sovereignty or territorial integrity of Ukraine is too high of a threshold to deter Russian aggression or affect the Kremlin's cost-benefit analysis. The Ukrainians are crystal clear in this letter. The sanctions on Nord Stream 2 that Biden waived last year, quote, in the words of the Ukrainians, emboldened Russia and allowed Putin to think, quote, the United States may accommodate its hostile intentions. In other words, because of Biden's weakness and appeasement on Nord Stream 2, Putin thinks there are no serious consequences to invading Ukraine. So the Ukrainians are asking, they are begging of the United States Senate for immediate sanctions on Nord Stream 2. Do not abandon them. They cry at their hour of need. And they also state in the letter, quote, expedited and higher impact security assistance, including air defense, anti-ship, and anti-armor capabilities is what they need. That's what the Ukrainians have asked for. But President Biden and most of the Senate Democrats aren't doing what our Ukrainian allies have called for. Instead, they're looking to pile appeasement on top of appeasement, and they're doing it in secret. The Biden administration has offered Putin sweeping concessions on NATO, when it comes to troops, when it comes to missiles, when it comes to military exercises. They transmitted this appeasement to Putin in secret and refused to let Americans see the details. I've seen the details. And I can tell you they're deeply worrying. The reason the public hasn't seen them is the administration has placed them in a secure skiff. They're not classified, mind you. They're merely, quote, confidential, which is Washington-speak for politically embarrassing and the administration doesn't want to defend the substance of it. That's why I'm introducing legislation called the Partner Act, which would prevent President Biden from endangering our longtime allies and frontline countries in NATO by prohibiting him from removing American troops from the countries that border Russia, meaning Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Bulgaria, Romania, Poland, longtime allies. My legislation will prevent President Biden from offering yet more appeasement to Russia, from offering for America to abandon Eastern Europe to Russia, and from allowing President Biden to fatally undermine NATO. Madam President, I also want to address the fact that some think we should stand down and not resist Russian aggression because they say Biden will send American troops into Ukraine and start a shooting war with Russia if Putin invades. I want to be clear and unequivocal. We should not have American soldiers in Ukraine under no circumstances. Should we send our sons and daughters to die to defend Ukraine from Russia? If the Biden administration proposes that because their foreign policy is collapsing around that, I will vigorously oppose such a move. The vast majority of Americans do as well, but critically, the Ukrainians are not asking for that. Ukraine is not asking for a single American soldier. Ukraine is saying do two things. Sanction Nord Stream 2, the pipeline that enables the Russian aggression, and provide them with the military weapons so that they, the Ukrainians, can fight to defend their own nation from the invading Russian army. Some Americans are asking, why should we care what happens to Ukraine or what happens to NATO countries that border Russia? Now, let me be clear. there's some who justify American foreign policy and say we have an amorphous obligation to protect democracies. We have an obligation to protect international norms. Madam President, I think all of that is bunk we have an obligation to protect the national security of the United States of America. The commander in chief's obligation is to keep Americans safe. What does that mean in this context? Well, I wanna make four points. Number one, what Putin is trying to do is reassemble the USSR. If he succeeds in doing so, it would be catastrophic for global stability and American security. Putin and Russia are an enemy of America. When the Soviet Union was bigger, stronger, mightier and with a bigger military, the lives of Americans and the lives of our allies were in far greater jeopardy. It is overwhelmingly in America's interest to prevent Putin from reassembling the Soviet Union because we do not wish for our enemies to become stronger and use that strength against us. Number two, Putin is trying to seize control of energy. If he's successful, it will be felt by Americans filling up their cars with gas or trying to heat their homes in the winter. We've already seen what Putin has done with Nord Stream 2 and he's not gonna stop there. Number three, We have a formal obligation, a commitment the United States made to help the Ukrainians defend themselves. Why is that? Well, after Ukraine successfully declared independence from the USSR in 1991, the United States signed an agreement, an agreement called the Budapest Memorandum on Security Assistance. Budapest Memorandum Under the terms of it, Ukraine agreed to give up its nuclear weapons. Ukraine had the third largest stockpile of nuclear weapons on the face of the planet. America agreed quite reasonably the world would be safer if Ukraine did not have nukes. And the brand new Ukrainian government agreed and gave up their nuclear weapons, making America safer and the world safer. But the Ukrainian government did not do so for nothing. It did so in exchange for explicit assurances that the United States would protect Ukraine's territorial integrity. Let me reiterate that. United States made a formal commitment to the Ukrainians that if they gave up their nuclear weapons, we would help them protect themselves. And the Ukrainians are asking us to honor our commitment in the form, and they're very specific what they're asking, in the form of immediate sanctions on Nord Stream 2 and weapons so they can defend themselves. We need to send them that lethal aid, the kind of firepower the Ukrainians need to defend themselves, not the blankets and teddy bears and meals that the Obama administration sent the last time Russia invaded Ukraine. And number four, we have treaty obligation to NATO countries on the front lines of Putin's aggression. Putin wants NATO to withdraw foreign forces, including American forces, from the countries that border Russia, from Bulgaria, from Poland, from Romania, from Estonia, from Latvia, from Lithuania. But to withdraw American forces from NATO would be seen as, and in fact, would be an abdication of our commitment to NATO. It would either shadow the NATO alliance, the most successful alliance in modern history, or it would put into motion dynamics that would ultimately shatter NATO, which is why, as I mentioned, I'm introducing the Partner Act to prevent the Biden administration, their weakness and appeasement from destroying NATO and undermining American security on every one of these four points, Biden has demonstrated weakness and appeasement to Putin. And I would note, you might ask, why should America honor our commitments? Why should we honor our commitment in the Budapest Memorandum? Why should we honor our treaty commitments to the NATO countries? Because one of the ways we protect American national security is when we make an agreement with a country. When we make a formal legal agreement, we honor our commitments. And we want countries to know that we stand by our friends, that we stand by our word, that our treaties mean something. Because if countries learn that under weak and feckless presidents, our treaties, our formal binding legal documents aren't worth the paper they're written on, it undermines the ability of any president of the United States to negotiate agreements with our friends and allies that keep Americans safe. When Ronald Reagan was standing up and confronting the evil empire, we saw the virtues of peace through strength. Biden's foreign policy seems to invite war for weakness. There are actions we can take today like sanctioning Nord Stream 2, like sending lethal aid to Ukraine, like committing to keep our NATO forces in countries that border Russia. All of these actions would show Putin that the United States will stand up to oppression and defend our national interests. We should take these actions without delay. We should stand in bipartisan unity in support of American national security in opposition to Russian aggression. And if we do not, if the Senate acquiesces to Biden's weakness and appeasement and Russia invades Ukraine and weeks from now, there are Russian tanks in the streets of Kiev, Ukraine and Europe and America and the world will reap the world this is our opportunity to act. I pray that we take it. I yield the floor.
0: And so that, of course, is uh, Senator Cruz as uh, we uh, exit the uh, Senate floor after his speech and point of privilege. We now bring you back to our regularly scheduled podcast. <laughs> hey don't say don't bring you anywhere that's Ted Cruz